following is a podcast of 19 North, a young adults ministry at Victory Family Church. For more details, see 19north.tv. 21 days of fasting and prayer. Oh my. Anybody intimidated by that? Can we just be honest? Is there anybody intimidated by that? How many of you are like, you're like, I've been looking to give up food for like 21 days anyways. That's what I've been trying to crave and stuff like that. No? Um, yeah, if I can. Yeah, I'd appreciate that, guys. Thank you so much. I'm just going to grab this thing. Um, guys, uh, I, I was thinking about this. Is anybody like seriously intimidated by this? Today's going to be like real easy for everybody. I just have a couple scriptures on my heart and a couple things that I wanted to, um, to just download to you from what God has been teaching us in our lives. So if everybody, thank you guys so much. If everybody can open up to the book of James, and then we're going to go to the book of Mark as well. And I'll give you the chapters when I give there. We're going to go to James chapter 5. And uh, first off, I just want to welcome everybody. This is our first combined first Wednesday. And what we're trying to do here is give you guys some spirit-filled ministry time to the point where we can pray for people. We can get off of the page a little bit. We could just share things that are, that, that are going to be on our heart, that are pertinent for the day. Now, we'll come in here with a plan, but we'll never, um, we'll never feel so married to the plan that we have to stay to the plan. Like if God tells us we want you to pray for the sick, we're going to do that. If God tells us that we want, you know, that he wants us just to worship all night, we're going to do that. Now, here's the plan over the next three weeks or three months. First Wednesday, this week, you guys know the plan. Next, we, we talked about, um, we talked about uh, Rod and Jill coming next month. And uh, I want you to know that Rod and Jill have tremendous gifts on their life. Rod and Jill focus uh, a lot. I mean, this is, man, this is, this is time where it's like you could bring a first-time guest to this, but I would just prefer the core of our ministry. Like, you guys just, like, really get filled up. And uh, when you're at Thrive or when you're at 19 North and you see somebody who just wants more, make sure they get to First Wednesdays because I promise you I'm going to be giving you guys all I have for First Wednesdays. I really take a discipleship spin on First Wednesdays, and uh, we really want to spend time in the presence of God. I really want you guys to have God moments in these times, okay? So what God did in, in, in our 20-somethings, how many of you were at Jack Frost? Anybody at Jack Frost in here? We had a good time, right? How many of you love Kevin Cooley? You guys like Kevin Cooley? I really appreciate Kevin, man. I really appreciate Kevin. So our 20-somethings and our teenagers, our high schoolers, we had a retreat. And what we want to do is we want to carry the spirit of those services into our first Wednesday services going through this year. So here's the plan for the first four months. And I'm going to assess this after four months, okay? So I haven't planned beyond this on purpose. This month, fasting and prayer. Next month, Rod and Jill are going to be here. And I'm literally, we're going to lead worship, and we're going to let them minister as they feel in their heart to minister, it's going to be like a camp service. If they feel like praying for people and speaking words of of life over everybody in the room, they have the latitude to do that, especially because it's Rod and Jill, and I just trust them so much. I mean, I would trust my kids with them, wouldn't you, sweetie? They're just unbelievable. And so um, then the next month after that, we're going to do an all-worship night. There's been a lot of people who've been like, hey, let's let's do an all-worship night. We're going to put that together, and it's going to be really good, okay? I have a, I have a contact um, of, from another church. I wanted to give our band a night off, but then some members in the band started griping. They're like, we've been looking forward to doing an all-worship night for years, and now you're going to have another band do the all-worship night? So we'll keep you guys posted. But the, the fourth, the fourth, uh, First Wednesday of the year, I know it's like fourth first Wednesday, it's like, I, this just blows my mind. But Lisa Bevere is actually going to be here at, at the church. So what we're going to do, anytime there's a big nationally known speaker that you guys know and I feel like you guys need to be a part of, we're all going to go in together, okay? So anytime Lisa Bevere's here, like seriously, you really want me to leave worship for like two people? Like seriously, no, I'm just kidding. We're going to go in there together because, I mean, you can't beat it. Like, um, I, I, what was, uh, who was, who came just a little bit ago? I can't remember his name. No, nope, no. Nope. It was Tommy Barnett. It's Tommy Barnett. 
Hershey came too. But, you know, Keith Hershey, nobody, nobody really knows him in here. And I wouldn't, I, you know, we didn't have you guys go in there. But Tommy Barnett, man, he, he did something called the, the Dream Center. And if you guys are looking for a short-term mission trip, you can do short-term mission trips to the Dream Center. And, you know, just amazing things. Like they, they, they minister to the, the hurting, the lost, and the broken in, in, the way, in a way that nobody else is doing in the United States. They have Dream Centers everywhere. They offer counseling and stuff like that. And, you know, he has, uh, I mean, he's, been, he's an amazing pastor. He's a pastor to pastors. You know, as Pastor John brings those people in, a guy named Henry Cloud is coming in. Um, you guys need to be in there. And I'll let you guys know the people that are really going to keep your attention and the people that you're really going to get something out of. And listen, if, if, if there are people just being real with you as 20-somethings, high schoolers, it's like, man, we, you know, we can, we can get some more in this room. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to tell you we're, gonna, we're, we're just going to do our first Wednesday in here. Okay, does that sound good to you guys? So we're going to focus on spirit-filled ministry. Lauren and I will often be praying for people, but that's not the way that we typically do ministry. We like to empower the team to pray for people. So if you're on our leadership team, I might call you out. I might ask you to, to come and pray for people. I might, you know, bring the team up front and say, hey, you know, anybody who's who needs minister to, upon, you know, in this, we're going to minister to each other. I mean, this is a family here. And one of the things that I'd encourage everybody to do as we, as we press into this, why do we blend high schoolers and 20-somethings? Here's what I know, okay? Our high schoolers are on fire for God, okay? Our high schoolers are unbelievable. They're on fire for God. Our 20-somethings are on fire for God. But I'm going to be really honest with you. Our 20-somethings are a little bit more expressive about it. They're a little bit more easy to lead in worship. Just because our high schoolers aren't as expressive about it doesn't mean that they don't have the same fire inside of them. But I just see this. I just I just see this blending of the two for this reason. 20-somethings, you, you're people to look up to. Our high schoolers, like I look at some of the 20-somethings here, I'm like, man, you guys are awesome. And high schoolers... You watch how they respond in the presence of God. You know, you watch how, how some of these people will, will worship God, these 20-somethings will worship God and go after God. And I want them to be an example to you guys on how to follow God and how to worship God and how to connect with God. Um, there's going to be some good connections in ministry time that are going to happen here. So let's, you guys in James yet? Anybody? Okay. Um, I'd encourage you, how many high schoolers are excited to have your, your phone back so you can open up your Bible? We took them away from Jack Frost and they were like, somebody felt like they, I think, I think Sage over there, he was like, I, I lost my arm. I don't know where it is. That's what he felt. So we're, we're going to go to James chapter 5. I, I read the scripture frequently when I teach on prayer. And uh, this is a life verse for me when it comes to prayer. And uh, the reason I read this all the time is because it speaks to my heart. Uh, today, uh, I'm, I'm not going to pass these out to you guys just, just yet because I don't want everybody to be distracted. But you'll read the opening uh, statements of the 21 days of prayer that we put together. And our, our team put this together and made it really nice. Thank you, Rachel and Mara. You made it pretty. Mine was just like a document. I was like, just, just print out a piece of paper. Seriously, my version of it looks like this. Okay. By the way, I'm using music because I am so rusty at the guitar and leading worship. I haven't done it in a long time. It is like a no-no for me. I used to yell at our worship team, you do not use music, and here I am using music. You, you get it if you're a musician, okay? So um, at the beginning of this, I have a little bit of a prologue in here that just expresses our passion for, for why we want to do 21 days of prayer. But here's the, here's the burden. Here's the, the scripture that God has used to speak to me about this. Okay, so we're going to go to James chapter 5, and uh, I'm going to read back because I want you guys to understand that when you come into this place, when you come into Thrive, when you come into 19 North, that it's going to be a place of freedom. It's going to be a place where... Um, as we as we worship together, that chains are broken in our lives. As we as we come together, as we receive prayer, as God deals with our heart or, 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 or might minister to us, it's going to be a place of freedom. So I'm going to start a little bit further back in in the scripture, and we're going to just expound it for the next I'd say about like 15 
uh, 15 minutes. We're going to take communion tonight, and uh, we're going we're gonna to start this journey of, of embracing God together for the next 21 days. And hopefully it sticks and you embrace God after that too, okay? So we're going to talk about the prayer of faith. So let's go to James 5.15. It's really interesting. Um, one time I was uh, doing a counseling session. I do counseling here as a pastor. And uh, they call it, we call it spiritual guidance because we're not allowed to call it like counseling, but that's, that's what it is. Like somebody comes in and they need counsel, they need help. And uh, there was somebody who was really suffering. Um, and uh, I, I probably, I don't know if I should share this, like in, you just have to set up boundaries. What? Probably not. You just have to set up boundaries. So I read the scripture um, and there was this one, there was this one person who just kept on coming in because they wanted counseling and they kept on setting it up. But this person like kind of liked being around me. That's why they were coming in. They didn't want counseling. So they somehow snuck through the system. So I read the scripture to her and I said, is anyone of, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. I said, so what we're going to do for the next 45 minutes is we're going to pray in tongues. We're just going to pray in tongues for 45 minutes. And I'm believing God that he sets you free from this, okay? <laughs> so I'm being dead serious. I just started to pray in tongues, like right, right there. I prayed in tongues for 45 minutes. It was like, say it was like, you know, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I prayed in tongues right in front of her for three, until 3.45, okay? And I said, okay, let anyone among you suffering, let him pray. Are, are you are you good now? And she's like, yeah, that was the last time we ever <laughs> we ever met. It was awesome. So just a, just a tidbit of information. But is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. I swear to God, that's that's God's honest truth. I didn't know how to deal with it, so I just prayed in tongues for 45 minutes in front of her. She literally stared at me. Oh, gosh, it was awesome. So is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Just look at the power in these words. Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Now, a lot of people, when they read the scripture, they think that the prayer, the power is in the anointing oil. The power is going to be in, in, the, in the, the, go to the elders. The power is in the elders. Go to the, go to the anointing oil. Make sure you have anointing oil because the power is in that. But that's not true because look at this in verse 15. It says, and the prayer of faith. Everybody say the prayer of faith. So when we talk about prayer, and if you're a part of our leadership team within Thrive, and certainly if you're a part of our leadership team within 19 North, I want to invite you 5 o'clock in this room. Uh, actually, it's going to be 5.15 in this room. I'm going to be teaching on prayer for the next, like, three months to our leadership team. Uh, so if you want more in prayer, you are so welcome to come in here at 5.15 on Saturdays. I didn't even give you the day. You're like, 5.15 every day? What? what? Okay. No, that would be horrible, right? I'm going to teach on it for an hour a day for the next three months. <laughs> it's like I'll be reading the same scripture over and over just by myself eventually, right? So it's just a prayer of faith will save the one who's sick. So the power isn't in the anointing oil for healing. The power isn't in the elders. It's the prayer of faith. Why did he say to go to the elders? Because the elders are the ones who were to be schooled in how to pray for the sick. They're the ones who were schooled in how to minister to the sick. It's There's nothing special about me praying for you. You realize that, right? There's nothing special about a specific leader praying for you. And here's why. Because we're going to read, we're going to read the rest of this. It says, therefore, uh, and it says, and the Lord will raise him up, and if he's committed any sins, he'll be forgiven. In verse 16, it says, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. And look at this and, and underline this and just maybe, maybe this is your, your verse for the next 21 days as we infuse prayer into our lives in a more intentional way. Maybe this is your prayer. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it's working. The, the, power, the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it's working. 
And it goes on and teaches about a man named Elijah. And we won't, we won't go into that right now. But uh, the prayer of a righteous man has great power as it's working. I want you guys to open up to the book of Mark. Uh, I think I'm going to go to Mark chapter 9. I'm pretty sure it's Mark chapter 9 that we were going we to jump to here. I might, it might take a second. But when we talk about power, everybody just say power. It's like you find an area in your life where you're lacking power. Maybe it's an area of your life where you're lacking prayer. If you find an area of your life where you're lacking the power of God, maybe it's an area of your life where you're lacking prayer. You find yourself weak. What do you, what do, you do? Give yourself to prayer. Now, as we get into this, I want to say one statement as well. Make sure that we don't give prayer the responsibility that the Word of God should have in our lives, okay? Prayer isn't to, to replace the Word of God in our lives. As a matter of fact, um, we're to take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, into prayer together. So let's take the sword of the Spirit, praying in the Spirit at all times and in all manners of supplication, okay? We're to take the Word of God into our prayer lives. And tonight, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really simply teach you how to do that. Uh, my man Cody, you, you in here, bud? Is Cody around here? Yeah, there's Cody over there. Cody asked a great question. He said, he asked us at, at, our, at our winter camp, he said, my prayers sometimes just feel like a little bit repetitious. I feel like I, I pray kind of the same thing, and like I want to pray for, I hear people essentially saying, I, I hear people pray for an extended period of time, but I can't do that because I'm just praying the same thing over and over, right, Cody? It's something similar to that. I think we've all suffered from that in our lives. I think we've all suffered from that, where we don't know what to pray. We don't know how to pray. Um, and so here's, I, I'm just really excited about this. We're going to answer that tonight, okay? Let's go to Mark chapter 9. And uh, this is the story of Jesus healing a boy with an unclean spirit. As we talk about power in our lives, Lauren and I have just been awakened in, in our hearts that, man, there's been, there have been certain areas in our lives where we just haven't experienced the power of God like we know that we should, like the Bible teaches. And we've just felt it's because we're behind in prayer. Actually, it's because we're behind in spiritual discipline altogether, right, babe? Like, we're just like, we're not reading our Bibles as much as we used to. We're not meditating on the Word of God. Because sometimes in life, we just get busy. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. My kids wake up. Like, Judah was up at 1 o'clock in the morning, and apparently I was really mad about it. I don't remember, you know? <laughs> like, Lauren's like, you were, like, yelling. I'm like, really? At a baby? She's like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, crap, you know? Because we are just so tired. I'm like, can you just sleep for one night? You know, <laughs> like, we just need some sleep. And the, the more deprived you get of sleep, the more you just want to just veg out and watch Netflix, right? It's just like, I don't want to stare forward with my mouth open and give me some ice cream. I made milkshakes like three nights in a row, you know? It's like the best. Um, and, and the reason we did that is because we're just so tired. When we get tired, we tend, to, we tend to back off of the spiritual disciplines, and it tends to wear on us even more. It tends to wear on us even more. And that's what hap what's happened in our lives. And we've just kind of put our foot down and said, no, we're going to dig a deep well. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to be speaking, I'm going to be teaching on this. I'm going to be putting this out there for you guys. But God has been doing so much in my life when it comes to digging a well. I was, um, I can't get into it all right now, but God has been dealing with my heart. Zach, you've been surviving off of other people's wells. You've been drinking everybody else's well water. It's time for you to dig a deep well for yourself. And uh, God's just been speaking to my heart about that. So we'll, we'll look for that in the future, okay? But this is a story of Jesus healing a boy with an unclean spirit. So let's go to... Um, Mark chapter 9 and verse 14. It says, And when they came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd around them and the scribes arguing with them. And immediately, all the crowd, when they saw him, were greatly amazed. Okay, this, this little boy, I mean, can you think about this? I mean, he was, 
He had an unclean spirit. He was demonized. It's, it's crazy thinking about a little boy like that. They were greatly amazed and ran up to him and greeted him and they asked him, what are you going to do? What are you going to do with them? And someone from the crowd answered him, teacher, I brought you, I brought my son to you for he has a spirit that makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down and he foams and grinds his teeth and, and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast it out and they were not able. And, uh, and he answered them, oh, faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? Now, that's a big statement from Jesus. So essentially what we have set up, just to recap, because I feel like I skipped a couple things and I'm talking all over the place. But when Jesus came to this, this man, he says, listen, listen your, your, your closest followers can't cast a demon out of my son. And he's grinding, he's, he's mute, he's hurting himself. I need help, Jesus. We need, we need help. And Jesus said, oh, faithless generation. So, like, why would Jesus respond, oh, faithless generation, to that man's cry for help? Let me submit to you, he's not talking about the man who's dealing with his son in, a, in an issue. He's, he's talking about his apostles at this point. How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him, and when the spirit saw him, Immediately it convulsed the boy, and he fell on the ground and rolled about, foaming in the mouth. It's crazy. And Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And, you know, Jesus had compassion. He didn't just, like, go and cast out a demon. He actually, like, wanted to know, like, man, how long has this been happening to him? I'm so sorry that you're going through this. It's empathy. And, and, and he said, from, from childhood. And often it's cast him into the fire and into water to destroy him, but... If you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Remember, the greatest moves of God, the greatest miracles of God always started in compassion. They always started with a burden of compassion by Jesus, okay? So this is what Jesus did. He rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You mutant deaf spirit, deaf spirit, I command you to come out of him and never enter him again. And after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out, and the boy was like a corpse, so that most of them said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And we had entered, when he had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. And a lot of manuscripts will add, by fasting and prayer. By fasting and prayer. If you read other versions of this, Jesus immediately begins to teach about faith. Now, if you read this version just by itself in that, like I just did, you would think that this kind of unclean spirit only comes out by fasting and prayer. Okay? You would think that. But if you take other, other, other scriptures, if you take the account in Luke uh, of the same scripture, Jesus immediately, he intertwines faith in the mix. Jesus is not talking about this demonic spirit only comes out by fasting and prayer. He said this, remember how he said, oh, faithless generation, how, how long am I going to deal with you? He said, he's saying this type of unbelief only comes out through fasting and prayer. Remember this, faith, faith, I'll, I'll put it this way, fasting is not an avenue for us to get what we want, to get God to move. Fasting and, and prayer, it's not an avenue to change God. Fasting and prayer doesn't change God, but it does change you and me. Okay, so as we enter this, it's not just I'm going to fast and I'm going to pray in order to get what I want from God. I'm going to fast and I'm going to pray in order to understand what God wants from me. Got it? So when we fast, when we pray, when we spend time in God's presence, 
our faith rises. Our faith rises up and it draws us closer to God. That's what Jesus is saying in the scripture. And that's what I want with all my heart. I want to just be closer to God in this 21 days. And I want to encourage you guys and I want to inspire you to be closer to God as well. Closer to God. So let's get these, let's get our books together, okay? Can I have a couple people to help me pass these out? You guys mind? Well, Ryan, you can come up. Um, would you guys mind? You two guys, you just spread them out. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through 21 days of prayer. You can pass those out to as many as who need them. Sweetheart, thank you. I think we got, yeah, absolutely. Thanks, honey. Yeah, I got one. I'm good. So what we have here is 21 days of prayer, and this is where we're going to start. This is where we're going to go. As you guys get this, You can read through some things, but I'm going to give you guys a couple of thoughts on prayer, and I'm going to give you guys a couple of thoughts on fasting. I want to go through this booklet with you. It's going to be really simple, really quick, um, but so vital to us if we want to enter this journey. How many of you do you feel like, how many of you are going to say, like, yeah, I'm going to devote 21 days to, to enhancing my spiritual life somehow. I'm going to devote that in prayer or in fasting. That's awesome. There's a lot of people. So uh, we're going to give you really practical ways to do that. As a pastor, some of my job is I need to be inspirational, but as a pastor, I need to be explanational as well. I need to be able to teach you guys how to actually do this stuff, okay? So you guys can open this up. I love what Mark Batterson has to, has to say about the nature of God. He says, there's nothing God loves more than keeping promises, performing miracles, answering prayers, and fulfilling dreams. And for all of us, that's exactly where I want us to go. That's exactly where I want our faith to be for this, okay? So here we go. We're going to go on the uh, on the second full page there. We have 21 days of prayer journey, okay? Everybody have one? You good? Go ahead to the second page. We're just going to look at this, okay? So here are the dates. We're going to start today. And we're going to go through January 27th, okay? We're going to start tonight. We're going we're gonna to go through January 27th. And on Thriving 19 North, we're going to be posting some things up on social media to be able to help you guys uh, to understand, you know, where we're headed, what we're doing, you know, those types of things, okay? And uh, feel, free to, feel free to jump in and, and, and say some things uh, about that as well. So we have the 21 days of, of prayer journey. Here we go. A couple of, uh, here are the rules. Here's what we're going to do. Okay, fast something. What does fasting mean? Let's just be really basic with this. What does fasting mean? It means I'm going to cut something out of my life that I really like, and I'm going to replace it with something spiritual in my life, okay? Something really simple. We have a couple of suggestions in here for you, okay? You can fast technology. It doesn't have to be food. You can fast social media. You can fast food, okay? Fast food, I like that. It's really cool. I got Burger King? Yeah. Now, I was, like, actually thinking about things that you guys are not allowed to, to fast, okay? And I'm just going to say, listen, high schoolers, you're not allowed to fast going to school, okay? It's like, okay. Um, I really, if it were my, if it were, like, my choice, I would fast sleep. I just think sleep is, like, a big waste of time. It's like, I don't need to sleep for three, three months or three weeks or whatever. Three months, that would be awesome. Three weeks would be crazy. Fa don't fast sleep. Or don't fast, like, staying awake, like, sleeping, you know, all the time, okay? Don't fast feeding your dog, Okay, it's like, this whole family's on a fast together. Okay, Baxter? Okay, Baxter? <laughs> Your dog's like puking up yellow stuff. You're like, it's only 18 more days. You can do it. <laughs> I like that. Lauren, I got you good there. I got you good. There's a lot of things that you can't fast. I don't know. Um, but there's a lot of things that, that you really should fast. And for some of us, I mean, uh, maybe take a time inventory. What are the things that you spend time 
on and, and uh, the most and, uh, and, and replace that. It's like social media. Here's what Lauren and I are doing together. We're doing what we call a Daniel fast. So Daniel fast is not completely fasting from food all, you know, 21 days. Uh, but we're, we're, we're fasting from sugars and we're fasting from meats. We're fasting from dairy products. So for the next 21 days, we're eating whole wheats, like 100% whole wheats. We're eating fruits, nuts, vegetables, and uh, anything else? else fruits nuts and vegetables basically um you know so here's one thing that we're going to do we're going to build into our schedule as well a day to break that fast break fast like that right hey can i say your dad's joke stacy is that okay here's another here's another rule you're not allowed to only fast in between meals okay that's <laughs> that's stacy's dad joke he's like i'm fasting right now i fast between every meal <laughs> like, that's, that's a really good joke i love it um but we're going to be doing a Daniel fast together. And when I, when I feel like eating, like, cookies and cake and, like, sugary stuff, I'm going to replace it with something spiritual. But on a Sunday, that's going to be our day where we're going to break our fast. We're going to eat whatever, you know. Like, I'm not going to, like, indulge and go crazy. But I'm going to break it and just kind of say it's, it's okay to have... You know, let's go out and get ice cream with the kids, you know, or whatever. We're going to do something like that, okay? So here's what we have as well in this book. We have specific prayers. I would encourage you, when we go into prayer, when we teach about prayer, it's so important to keep the Word of God in our prayer lives. My man Cody asked such a great question. And the remedy for a repetitious prayer life, because you can only say thank you to God like so much before you're like, I stink at praying, you know? You can only say thank you to God so many times before you just feel defeated in prayer. So the remedy to that is is always pray in line with the word of God. So what we put together in here, and you can actually, let's, let's open up to these pages. I have four simple scriptures for you guys in this booklet that I really like to use in my own in my own prayer life as well. Okay, the first one is Matthew six nineteen through thirteen, and this is the this is the uh, this is the Lord's prayer. The Lord's prayer is simple. <clears throat> Jesus said this: "Pray like this." Everybody say "like this." So when Jesus said "pray like this," he's saying use this as an outline. He didn't say "pray this." He said "pray." like this. He's giving this as an example. So what do we do, right? I played football in high school. We would like swear like crazy and then the coach would be like, okay, come on, everybody to get together. And we'd kneel down and we'd all hold hands. We'd say, our Father who is in heaven, I would be in the kingdom come, will be down on earth, is in heaven. You know, we'd say the prayer and then we'd get up and we'd say, let's rip his effing head off. You know what I mean? Like seriously, I'm just being honest with you. That's exactly what we'd say. It doesn't make sense. I can't believe I said that, but I mean, it's just true. That's what we would do, okay? So when we pray together, we use this not as a vain repetition. Not, and you know what vain repetition means? I just repeat the same thing and it means nothing to me. What we use this for is an outline. So here's how I want us to pray. We read through the scripture, our Father who's in heaven. Number one, speak to the Father. Talk to the Father in your prayer life. Talk to God. Speak to the Father. Then he says, holy is your name, hallowed, or holy is your name. 
The second thing is make sure you you worship God. Like spend time. The Bible says enter his courts with thanksgiving and praise. So I'm going to spend time. When I start my prayer list, I'm not going to start by just saying, God, can you give me whatever? I'm going to start and be respectful just like I would my wife. And I come home and I don't ask her to do things for me, but I say, hey, babe, how was your day today? How's everything going? You start to worship God and have that relationship with him and allow that to, to go into your life, okay? The third thing that he says is your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is a defining statement from Jesus. He said our lives should be experiencing essentially heaven on earth. We should be experiencing heaven on earth. So if you have an area of your life where you're not experiencing heaven on earth, is there sickness in heaven, yes or no? No, there's not sickness in heaven. Is there anxiety or worry in heaven? Absolutely not. You know, is there is there temptation in heaven? No. If there's an area of your life where you're not experiencing heaven on earth, you need to dedicate that area to prayer. And coupled with James, remember that if you're that's an area that's powerless in your life. And when you pray, God is going to give you power in that area. Okay? So pray, and I put it this way. Pray that God's will would be accomplished in your life and on this earth. Pray that God's will would be accomplished in your life and on this earth. Then he goes on, he says, give us this day our daily bread. This isn't a poverty prayer. God, would you just provide for me? Thank God for provision. It's a promise of the Bible that God's going to take care of you everywhere. In, in, in Mark chapter, or Matthew chapter 6, 33. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. You take that scripture and you say, God, thank you so much for providing for me. Regardless of what it, see, it seems or feels like right now, God, you're providing for me. You're going to provide for my family. God, thank you. You always take care of us. I pray this at dinner. God, thank you for always providing for us. You just always come through. Thank you so much. The, the fourth thing that he says is, give us a stay and forgive us our debts. Forgive us our sins as, as we've also forgiven. So it's okay in this prayer time to ask God to forgive you of things that you messed up on. It's okay to come up with a list and say, man, I just really need to apologize. And repent means simply to turn away, to just do a 180 and just to walk the other way. So our prayer life should exude that. We should say, God, I'm really sorry that, that I did this. I'm really sorry that I sinned against you. And then when you say you're sorry that you sinned against God and ask him for forgiveness, don't be like foolish and say, well, I'm not gonna, you know, so-and-so, I'm not gonna forgive them. The next thing that he says is, as we forgive our debtors, we need to we need to walk in forgiveness. And listen, it is okay to talk to God when, when somebody hurts you. When somebody says something that's nasty to you and it hurts your heart, it's a, what do you want to do? You want to go and, and talk to your friends about it. Did you hear what someone said about me? I mean, hey, you know? But that is not the first thing that we should do. We don't talk to people about it and disparage people and make fun of them. Oh, you liked that, didn't you? Yeah, you like that. That's, that's sassy. So... We don't talk about people to other people. We talk to God about it. You can talk any way that you want about somebody to God. Like, seriously, he understands. As long as you allow God to recalibrate your heart. Can I tell you a quick story? Tell you a quick story about this? I really didn't like somebody just recently that I was coming into contact with because they did something really nasty to me. I mean, like, really nasty. And I was like, I felt, like, blindsided. I'm like, I trusted this person, and they totally, they totally hurt me. They they said things about me that were just untrue. They said things about me to, to make themselves look better. I mean, they hurt my heart, like, really bad. And when I saw that person, you know, it was a girl, but, like, I was like, oh, if, I was a, if I was a girl, I'll tell you what I do right now. You know what I mean? And I would see that person, and I was just, I, I just had this turmoil in my heart. 
And God, he, said, he spoke to my heart. He said, Zach, I want you to give this over to prayer because I'm going to recalibrate your heart. And I'm like, yeah, okay, all right. I literally started praying in the spirit for that person. Not even 30 seconds, not even 30 seconds, and I saw that person in a completely different light. And God forgave, and God helped me to forgive that person. When you know, I, I just felt I was like, I need to, I need to go and tell them I forgive them. But, but God was like, No, I don't want you to do that. You've forgiven them. You're walking in forgiveness. Let them come to you. That person came to me about a month later, in tears, and just said, I can't believe that I did that to you. I have not slept at night because I, I, I hurt you, and I knew what I did was wrong. And I just don't know why that why I did that, but but I did, and I just want you to forgive me. I'm so sorry. You know, in that moment when that person came, my heart was ready to, to say, it's okay. I forgive you. It's okay. Why? Because God dealt with my heart. God helped me to forgive, as opposed to me saying, well, let me think about it. I hate you, but I'm going to choose to forgive you right now in front of me. Giving them grace for that, I'll tell you, it was something pretty bad, and giving them grace in that moment changed their life. Because I said, I forgive you, they cried even more. <laughs> like, I don't even know how you could forgive me. It was because God recalibrated my heart in prayer. Seriously. We need to allow God to, to help us to forgive. Look at number seven here. It says, and lead us not into temptation. Well, the Bible in James says that God doesn't tempt us. But as we look at that, lead us not into temptation, we, we could pray God. You know, the scripture pops up in my heart when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He was in the Garden of Gethsemane and... Uh, he said, can't you just pray? Pray that you don't enter into temptation. Pray that you don't enter into temptation. Any areas of our life where we find ourselves ridiculously tempted, we that's an area of our life where we need to give over to prayer. Listen, if you've got an issue looking at stuff, it's like, I got to stop. I got to quit. I got to quit. Give it over to prayer. Say, God, I am so tempted with this. I can't stop. I don't know what it is. You give it over to prayer and you pray about it. Every day for the next 21 days, pray for it. God, I know you'll help me. I know you'll deliver. I know you'll give me a way out. And guess what happens? You start to rise up on the inside and realize that you're better than that temptation. And God starts to speak to you. And then you'll start to see your way out of that temptation. It's pretty sweet. And the last thing is, but deliver us from evil. Guys, we're in a world right now where I guarantee some of you high schoolers going to school, you've thought in the back of your mind, what if there's a school shooting today? What if some of you going to a mall, right? You went to a mall and you're looking around, you know, and you're like, I don't want to like, you know, I, I don't want to be, be weird, but like, I'm just freaked out. There's so many people here. And what if somebody came in and just started shooting? Because that's the society. That's the, that's the life that we live in. When you get on a plane, right? Don't you think in the back of your mind, every time you get on a plane, well, this plane might go down. You know, that'd be, that'd be a bad day. Don't you have fear sometimes in your life? deliver us from evil. You should be able to take your fears to God. God, I know you'll protect me. And as a matter of fact, you can take Psalm 91 and as you get read through Psalm 91, it's a promise of God's protection over you. God, you will protect me. You will deliver me. Your angels, you, you command your angels charge over me so I won't even hurt my foot. I won't even dash my foot against a stone. These are promises of God. So that one teaches us to pray for ourselves. I won't read the next ones. Because you can. But then Paul gives us a model how we should pray for people. You can pray for yourself too. You have some people in your life. I prayed these prayers in Ephesians 1 and Ephesians chapter 3. I prayed these prayers over my sister when she was in California and when she was separated from our family. I prayed these prayers probably, oh, maybe, probably, I prayed this prayer probably 100 times for her. 
prayed in the spirit for her. God, enlighten her heart. Give, give her understanding. Let her know the hope to which you've called her in life. And guess what? My sister eventually came back. And I remember one time I was moved in prayer for my sister. And uh, it was probably like three or four in the morning. I just felt a burden on my heart to pray for my sister. And she was living a crazy life. I can't even get into the, can't even get into the details. It's her story, not my story. My sister was living a crazy life, and I just felt a burden in my heart, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning to pray for her. And she was in a completely different time zone. I think she was in Hungary or Budapest or something like that at that point. And, uh, and I'm praying for my sister, praying for my sister, praying for my sister, and I just felt this burden just to pray. And I didn't know how to pray, so I, I prayed in the Holy Spirit for her. And I just felt moved in prayer. And I said, something's going to change. No lie, three days later, my sister, who we've been estranged from our family for years, three days later, my sister calls me and she says, "Hey, I'm in Coriopolis. Would you mind picking me up?" I'm like, "What are you doing there?" She said, "Well, I had a, I had a little, I had a job in Pittsburgh, and I just, you know, wanted, I, I just wanted to reach out to the family and reconnect." Three days after I give that burden over in prayer, three days, my sister calls me and, I'm like, "What are you doing here?" She goes on to say. I'm so tired of, of this life. I'm going to move back. I'm going to leave my boyfriend. He's abusive to her and just a pig. Like, seriously, I'm allowed to say that because she's my sister, okay? Everybody, there's hope for everybody, right? It's like, I thought about murdering this guy like a million times because that's my sister, you know? She's with that guy and she said, I just, I got the courage. I told him I'm leaving him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move back home. She's estranged for years, estranged from us for years. That is the power of prayer. That's the power of prayer. These are why these scriptures right here are so good to pray for other people. You have people in your life, dad is gone out of the picture. It is so tough to pray for a father when he leaves. It is so tough to pray for a father when he leaves. But this is what you need to pray for him. These Ephesians prayers. You could see the list of things that that go on, right? Father, give me wisdom that I need today and every day. Father, give my, give my father wisdom. Give my dad wisdom. Give my sister wisdom. Give me understanding so that I can grow. God, show Julie. This is how I pray for her. God, show Julie how much you care for her. God, show her. Give her understanding so that she can grow in the knowledge of you so that she can see you. Father, enlighten Julie's heart so she can know you. God, the hope of your, her, of your calling, how much she has in you greatness of the power that works in her, God. Show her the authority that she has in Christ. Open her eyes to those things. You can look at the next one in Ephesians 3 and do the same thing. Strengthen her inwardly. Strengthen me inwardly. Dwell in my heart through faith. God, would you dwell in her heart through faith? Use these as your prayer as your guide. And then the last one is Colossians. It's the same thing. Father, fill me with the knowledge of your will, with all wisdom and all understanding. Help me to have high standards in life. What a powerful prayer to pray. When you're praying along in line with the Word of God, man, that is good stuff. That's good stuff. So here's what I want us to do, okay? Guys, um, not, not going to do anything crazy, but we're going we're gonna to go into communion. We're going to take communion here. And we, have, we have a bucket right here. I'm going to put it on this table right up front. And in a moment, we're going to take communion together. Actually, what I want to do is I want us to take communion individually tonight, Okay? Ryan and I are going to go back into worship for a couple minutes, and I want you to come up and take communion, and I want you to use, I mean, if you need a, a pen, there should be pens around here or whatever, but on the very back of this, you can see that you have a notes page. I want you to take a moment. Communion is time 
where, where we reflect and we look at how our lives are and how our walks with God are, and we begin to set goals in our life. So today I want us to, to break bread together as a group, but actually individually, just take time to take communion tonight and get before God and ask him, as we lead you in worship, ask him what, what he's tapping on your heart to give up over the next 21 days. Listen, if you're below the age of 18 and you're like, I'm not gonna eat for 21 days, that is not smart, okay? That is not smart. As a matter of fact, I don't know that it's smart for anybody above the age of 18, right? So do not go home and say, Pastor Zach told me that I need to give up food for 21 days. That does not make any sense at all, okay? Um, make sure that when you fast something like that, you have accountability with it, okay? If you have an eating disorder, this is not an opportunity for you to further that, okay? I hate to say that, but it's the day and, and, and age we live in. I have a couple of thoughts I skipped by that we need to read, and then we're going to take communion. A couple of thoughts. It's on the inside. Remember, prayer doesn't change God. Prayer changes you. Be specific in your prayers. Prayer is like learning a language. The more you do it, the more fluent you'll become. My kids are two, they're three years old, five, and, and I've got an infant. He, the infant can't talk. The three-year-old is very verbal. The five-year-old is extremely verbal, right? The, the more you do it, the more fluent you'll become. Fasting, thoughts on fasting. Fasting isn't getting God's attention to get what we want. Fasting is to help us draw closer to God and to hear his voice more clearly. Fasting isn't something we do to lose weight. If you're fasting any type of food under the age of 18, make sure that you have your parents' consent. And listen, remember this, it's okay to take a Sabbath from our fast. Build one time per week that you can break your fast, okay? So let's pray, and then we're going to go back into worship and just take communion and just draw closer to God.